This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, October 8, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. The son of North Korean dictator Kim Jong-il has stepped onto the main stage, but we still know precious little about him. What does the rise of this dictator-to-be mean for nuclear security, and perhaps most immediately, South Korea? Ted Galen Carpenter, Vice President for Defense and Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, comments. Other than being the son of Kim Jong-il, the current leader of North Korea, we don't know a lot about this person. He's apparently 28 years old, uh, the third son of Kim Jong-il. Obviously, he has not suffered from the famine in North Korea. Uh, He's held no meaningful position in either the ruling party or in any other institution in North Korea. All right, so he may ascend to his father's uh, totalitarian role in, in North Korea. Is there a? Do we have any idea about a timetable or what that sort of thing tends to look like? Well, Kim Jong Il, of course, hopes that his son will ascend to uh, a, the real power in North Korea. He was just made a four-star general, obviously in recognition of his tremendous military accomplishments. Uh, but the reality is, if Kim Jong Il does not stay in power, in other words, stay alive for at least six to eight years, Kim Jong-un's chances of being anything more than a figurehead are minimal. And he might not even be a figurehead. Uh, Accidents uh, certainly do happen in North Korea. And if Kim Jong-il died within the next few years, I think the chances of this 28-year-old actually holding supreme power in North Korea would not be favorable at all. In fact, I wouldn't want to be the company uh, issuing the life insurance policy on him. This is coming at a time when some reports indicate that North Korea's nuclear capability is more alarming than previously thought. Well, the South Koreans are certainly worried about it. Um, I think that's much more a status symbol than it is a usable weapon. I don't see the North Koreans under any regime launching a nuclear war. But it is scary that uh, such a, an opaque system would have that kind of capability. Uh, if Kim Jong-il dies relatively soon, say in the next two or three years, there are three possible scenarios. Uh, one is that the military, which now is, I think, the power behind the throne, would step forth and take supreme power. Uh, the other is that we might get... Uh, the emergence of a reformist government, at least in terms of economics, a faction allied with China and trying to emulate China's uh, economic model. Now, that doesn't mean that we would see the emergence of democracy anytime soon. After all, China is a one-party state and very strictly so yet. But it would mean that instead of the kind of adventurism that we might see under a military government in North Korea, A reformist government would be focusing on internal economic development and therefore would be trying to avoid any kind of military confrontations or adventurism. The third scenario is that uh, once Kim Jong-il departs this world, uh, North Korea just implodes, uh, unravels as a state. If that happens, uh, you have a very chaotic and extremely unpredictable situation. Does it redound to the benefit of Kim Jong-il to keep the world largely in the dark about who his son is? I'm not sure it serves much of a purpose, uh, except perhaps the younger Kim's record is so unimpressive 
that he would quickly become a joke, but that's likely to happen in any case. I suspect there's a good deal of snickering even going on quietly in North Korea, and the rest of the world regards this anointing of a 28-year-old with no record of accomplishments as a measure of just the, the total dysfunctional nature, the total corruption in North Korea. Ted Galen Carpenter is Vice President for Defense and Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Read more on North Korea at Cato.org.